we are back in yellow, back in yellow. You know what it is. Oh, no. We're back <laughs> with another strictly sticking to the format episode of What Are We Even Doing? I am your host, uh, Tom, a.k.a. Christian Rose, joined as always by... Braden, also known as Damien Deschain. Today, trying to get a little bit smoother at saying my own names. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. I like whenever I fuck mine up and it's just like, who are you, man? Tom. Muss. <laughs> uh, Muss. Muss. Uh, moose, moose, moose. He's a man called Moose. Um, when we're off to a great start. I don't know what that quote is from. I've only heard you say it. <laughs> it's from a uh, what culture reaction video they were watching. Okay. Uh, some sort of pay per view in in 2017, 2018, sure. somewhere in there. I don't remember. That's where they were having their Adam Blampied versus Adam Pacitti. Okay. Adam Pacitti and them. They were talking about Moose or whatever. Uh-huh. And you were like, Adam Blampied said something about like. You don't want to make fun of him too much. And um, Pachiti goes, he's a man called Moose. Right, right. Like, we're not making fun of his name. Like, he's a man called Moose. It is interesting to think that there's only a handful of animals that you can get away with, like, that being your name. And we'll put Moose on the list because, like, he's he's made it work. He's pulled it off. Yep. But, like, uh, Bear is is a name that that a man can use. Uh, Bull. Another okay. one. Um, I'd like to see someone come to the... Now, come to the ring. Aardvark! You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> Aardvark Johnson. <laughs> uh, man, now I, I gotta think of some more. Like, just, horse. Arthur Aardvark. Arthur Aardvark? Yeah, just because I want to have... Now, was Arthur the cartoon character? He was an Aardvark, correct? I don't think so. What the fuck was he? What... Our intern, are you saying something? What was that? He was an aardvark. He was an aardvark. Confirmed. Wow. That's incredible. Although probably not scientifically accurate. I did not know that. So that when I said Arthur Aardvark... Also, I, I like that not. I said probably not scientifically accurate. The, the character wore <laughs> pants and glasses. And I'm like, ah, I don't think I don't that's what an aardvark that. really looks like I don't know about that, but it's still what up for debate. What does an aardvark look like? I don't... I think... I keep thinking of anteater. Google... I keep thinking of man-eating anteaters. Man-eaters? Uh, man-eaters, if you will. Aardvark. Uh, no, not videos. Images. I don't have time for that. Use a double A. Okay, this a... this thing looks like a possum and an armadillo fucked. This this is... With like a little bit of a pig snout in there? Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, doesn't look like the PBS cartoon character at all. I'm calling bullshit on you, public broadcasting system. One of the rare words to not use a W, but a double A. Uh... Yes. Also, not one of these is wearing pants. I'm starting to think this cartoon's not accurate. Not, um, not glasses either. Nope. What nope. a weird tangent. Is this like the fingernails thing where people have tuned out already? This is less relatable than that. Yeah. No. Everyone on Earth clips their fingernails. No one on Earth gives a shit about aardvarks. Correct. This is worse. So what you're saying is we've lost all of our, our viewers quicker Yes. Okay. Yes. And since no one is listening, viewers, <laughs> since nobody is listening, I would just like to say, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where to where to go now. Well, here's where we go. We go to the start of the show, which means, as is tradition, we ring that bell. I, we're in sync again. Everything is great right now. I'd also like to point out that this is the third episode in a row that we've done. Just you and I. Yep. 
holding to format. Yep. For the first time since I think episode three, <laughs> I feel like this is the first time we've done three in a row to format. Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice though. You kind of you got to have your baseline so that when you venture out, yeah, I it think means something. We got to the point where um, Hell in a Cell was just a pay per view, mm. and now you see we're tying it previous, back to previous episode. previous episode rant. No, um, but uh, we got to a point where the format wasn't established enough to be b- 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 breaking the format. So now, it's nice to, you know... Before we get to... I, I only now in this moment have thought of the name of it because we kind of discussed this earlier. But before we get to the undercard, okay. I'm going to introduce a new segment on the show okay. where we just talk about like wrestling news items and such, right? I have not prepared for this. <laughs> and here's the thing. We, we were like, well, what do you call this? You know, what's fun? What if it's just the flyer? Okay. Because it's just the news. Okay. For the wrestling. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, uh, WWE coming back with fans. Hmm. Obviously big news. Yeah. You think that'll help their product? Because I don't think it will. Well, <laughs> herein lies the rub. If this were a wrestling company where we're going to listen to the audience's reaction and we're going to adjust the product based upon the audience reactions. We're actually going to give people what they want and what they respond to. I would say yes, thankfully, this hell of a pandemic is over and we can listen to the audience and we can just do what they want and give them compelling television to watch and compelling live events. This is a company that couldn't possibly care less about their fucking audience and what their audience wants. And... I'm going to now read, if you'll afford me just a few seconds here to pull it up. I won't. Uh, uh, I, I don't know how to explain that. Okay. <laughs> These are two actual verbatim quotes from members of the WWE writing team. Okay. Wait, are you prepared? I, I don't know if I am. I just It just processed what you said. Okay. These were sent to me earlier by friend of the show, Coin Jones. Okay. Number one. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing, and they're like, perfect, come on in. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, in, in a... In this a person s- has a job. <laughs> in a sense, you don't really have to know about wrestling, like, to write a compelling story about good and evil. But you have to at least do that. But the problem with that is that you're writing a compelling story about good and evil through the... the, uh, I don't even want to say through the lens. With the the, the setup of it being wrestling. Like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, in my mind, imagine somebody who has written NCIS episodes. And then they get drafted to be part of the writing team for the next Marvel movie. And they're like, I've never read a comic book or seen any of these. That's fair. Like... Sure, you may know the baseline of, like, good guy, bad guy, but you're writing it for, like, shitty, bland, white cops in Tuscola and not, you know, gods and mutants and all this other shit. Yeah. It's just... All right, so anyway, so then here's the other one. Can't stress this enough. This is a quote from a member of the writing team. I am on the Monday Night Raw team. So there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. And the people I know that are on it are Bobby... His name's either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. And I really should know that. He's like this 
giant black guy, and he and the people who are part of his crew, I know they call, or at least as of last year, they called themselves the Hurt Business. Yeah, the Hurt Business. They wear suits, and they're like, we're cool. <laughs> this guy works for the fucking company. A person who watched one episode of Raw during the Hurt Business, just a, 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 a an ignorant person who watched one episode, even at Raw's lowest point, which, by the way, is just never-ending at this, at this time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. would be like, yeah, I know who that is. Oh, yeah, that group, they're called The Hurt Business. I get that. These these people are being given money. They wear shirts that say The Hurt Business. You don't even know the name of the fucking guy. Ashley. Bobby Ashley. Like, are you shitting me? Can you imagine if you, again, I'll go back to it because I don't know shit about the show. If you are a writer for NCIS (laughs) and you're like, yeah, the main character's name is Trevor NCIS and he does all the NCIS stuff. (laughs) I don't know what that stands for, by the way. And fuck all those shows, but... North Carolina Investigative Specialist. North Carolina, come on and haze up. Take your shirt off. Twist it around your head. Spin it like a helicopter. You don't know this? What are you saying to me right now? You son of a bitch. I am scared as of what is You happening. don't know that song? No. Petey Why Pablo? would I know what that song... Well, you're saying more... You're making that name up. Literally, I type in Petey, the, the third thing. Petey Pablo, raise up. Well, probably because you searched it all the time. That's not true at all! Also, now this is the point where I have to listen to an ad. Well, you don't have to listen to it. Thank you. I don't have to listen to it. (laughs) I can mute the phone for this. But, like, also, why is the video technology for ads infinitely better than the technology for videos? That's just how it works now, isn't it? You don't know this? You're okay. You're saying this like it's Stairway to Heaven, dude. Who knows this song besides you? The fucking Earth. What are you talking about? I'm. This is a betrayal on levels that have been seen at least once before <laughs> on this show. Son of a under, bitch. All right. This is not. That's not like a known song. I uh, I cannot believe that Ladies anyone and gentlemen, else. If you're listening to this and you have any form of social media with which to contact us, and you're familiar with the works of Petey Pablo, specifically "Raise It Up," <laughs> I command you <laughs> to come down on Braden for this. I'll take the heat. You should. You fucking should. Except for there on Saturday. No hot tag. Uh, swerve. Spoiler. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh. This isn't. This episode isn't coming out until after Saturday, so we're good. Retroactive spoiler. Correct. Rewind this. It's a go re- back in time. Re- it's a what? It's. <laughs> I just tried to say spoiler backwards. It didn't. Work. Do it again. <laughs> um. Um. Earlipes. Thank you. Uh, it's an Earlipes. Rewind the episode. Go back in time. Go to Homegrown West Wrestling. Which, by the way, check them out on Facebook. Fun yeah. promotion. Uh. Anyways, what were we even talking about? We've hung about? the flyer. We've read the flyer. Let's get to this fucking undercard. Am I taking the undercard this You're episode? taking the undercard. Take okay. the wheel, just like Jesus. Okay, so, um, 
I don't have any notes on this undercard. I don't know why I pulled my phone out. I had the pleasure of yes. sitting down with one Berna. Yep. And High Voltage Cat. And we okay. watched Dreamwave Anniversary from 2014. Okay. So there was many things on this show that were worth noting. One, na- Namely a uh, triple threat between Rich Swan and Reed Bentley and Lindsay Dorado. It was kind of awesome. Sure, I'm sure that was excellent. Yeah. Um, there was the two out of three falls match, Johnny Gargano and Nick Brubaker, which was Probably long also but also awesome. Yep. Um, so freaking, uh, but mainly what I wanted to talk about was you versus Mike Lelgan. Oh, okay. So I Michael actually, as, you, as soon as you said the name of the show, I was like, what did I do on that show? Yeah. Okay. You versus Michael Elgin. I, it, it, I, okay. So at one point in this match, because this is during the time where J.C. Castilli's like, you're never going to, you're, you're going to lose that Heel belt, authority you figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Um, This is, I know, I'm almost certain you did it before this, but this is the first time that I vividly remember you doing the finger snap thing. Oh, at okay. one point, yeah. he gets in the ring and you get him down and you do right. the thing. And like in my brain, I have so such vivid memories of being like, dude, he legit broke his fucking fingers. Right. I just watched him do that. What sure. am I doing? What's going on here? But I'm still cheering for you. Yay! Right. Um. But yeah, this was also the first time I remember you getting pinned clean, but then it was overturned because... Because there was shenanigans before, right? Yes, there were shenanigans. Jim Cornette came out and was like, no! Right, yeah. And yeah, it was a whole thing, but it was like, kind of... It was it was fun to look back on. Right. Uh, this was also just, just brought up on the show. This was because I saw the shirt that I was wearing in the crowd... Yes. This was the day that I got that picture with Johnny Gargano that I just oh, okay, showed you okay, like 10 okay. minutes ago. Brayden just showed me a picture of him as a even younger youth with Johnny Gargano. I was uh, 14 years old. So, uh, let's see, a few things then for me to retort. One, the first time I did the finger snap uh, for Dreamwave was actually the outdoor show. It was a match with uh, Dan the Man. Okay. And that was the day of the I cut a promo on a uh, woman going into labor incident. Which I don't think we've talked about on this show. Maybe if not, just uh, let's let's save that actually because I, I I think that like we could do a future episode that's just okay. Here's some wacky shit that's happened. Type okay, of fair so, enough. As so as is tradition, by the way, I feel like this is another thing that we get in on every episode where we're like, here's stuff we're going to do. Yeah, like it's almost become a it, we, we we keep putting more things on the fuckboard. It's lengthy. Um, okay, so the match lengthy with, fuck board. The match with Elgin. Uh, things I remember. Uh, I had an idea for this unbelievable bump that I wanted to take. That he said no. He wouldn't give it to me, and I was like, "No, man, no, it's cool, it's cool. I'll be fine, I'll be fine." I wanted to. However, we would get the people to move. I wanted to get the front row basically to move out of their chairs, and have Elgin from the ring gorilla press me. Out of the ring, over the top, into the chairs. Why? Because the build and the story for this was that he's this unstoppable, super strong. Yeah, you know. I remember force. that clearly. And I thought, okay, what better way to like really fucking amplify that point? <laughs> oh my and god, he, Tom! And he said, he said, no, 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 we don't need to do that. And I was like, dude, I don't, you know. 
I, I'll be fine. You know, if it hurts, it's not coming back on you. You know, it's my idea. You know, whatever, blah, blah, And he was very much adamant, like, no. And I'm like, in hindsight, I'm kind of glad that he said no. Yeah. That probably would have really fucking sucked. And I uh, think you got just as good of as a reaction as the gorilla press from sure. the floor into the crowd, not sure, out of the chairs, sure. which looked like it fucking murdered. Which I'd forgotten we did that until you said it just now. Um, yeah, because as you said, gorilla press from the ring to the chairs, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm glad you went with the alternative. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. Uh, the only other thing I remember was uh, uh, I basically, when we were putting it together, ran out of moves. Really? Like, yeah, he kept being like, yeah, you gotta do something else, you gotta do something else, you gotta do something else. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't have anything else. I don't like, have I, I've never rewatched that match. I don't know if it's good or not. The only other memory I have of it is that, or I have two other memories about it. One, uh, this was just after Mania 30, and Taker Streak ended. Okay. So I do remember being like, oh, there is gonna be this vibe of like, you know, oh shit, well, obviously completely not comparable. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, yeah. There, there was it's at that the moment, like, yeah, it's in the I air. So, oh my god, because you just unlocked does... this memory for me. You just unlocked it. Because oh my god. at some point in the match, we did fit it in. Elgin gives me the F5. Yep, yep, yeah. Which yeah. was not a thing that he did at the time or anything, but I do remember people bought it. Yeah. Hard. Yes, uh, I did. I, I. Thank you. God uh, damn it. You I remember that, by the and way. I also remember uh, at one point on the fly, he grabs me and he, just, he goes, uh, "Hey, take your finish," and he gives me the the ride the lightning, and I was just kind of like, "Okay," which I don't remember where this was at in the match. You know, I think it was very late. It was, it was, and it was I just the idea this. of like he's just pouring the offense on, you know, whatever I'm kicking out, kicking out. So he calls and he's like, "Hey, take your finish." I'm like, "All right," like I'm not, I don't care. Gives me the move and then tells me kick out. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know that I know the finish of this. That's like, funny. That's funny. Um, but like, yeah, I didn't know that him hitting you with your finish was on the fly. Yeah, because I thought that it, was fucking awesome. Maybe I'm I'm trying real hard to dig back into the memory bank right now. I feel like it's F five. Everyone actually bites on it, even though I don't think Elgin ever did that move before or after. But you know, like you said, that was in the air. Yeah. F five, one, two, kick out. Everyone's like, oh shit. And he just peels me up and then hits the lightning. One, two, kick out. And then we went back to whatever it is we'd already discussed. Th- and maybe I'm getting it wrong. I don't know. I think you're right. It was a couple days ago when I watched it, but I think sure. you're right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got on that. That's all I got on my undercard. I just wanted to talk a bit about that because I like talking about old wrestling things with you in them. Sure. Mm. Sure. All right, well then, let's get to... Uh, we haven't even teased the episode. No, we haven't. So there will be no teaser. We're going ham on this. Guys, we're talking about No Way Out from the year 2003. Uh, this is a pay-per-view that I picked. Yep. Because I think it's one of the more under-the-radar, forgotten-about, bonkers, just bizarre pay-per-views of all time. Rewatching it, there's so much shit that I was like, the timeline of things is breaking my brain, which I cannot <laughs> wait to get into. Uh, I hadn't watched this for a while. Uh, it has several matches on it that I'm like, nobody talks about this. Yeah. How do we not talk about this? Uh, yeah, but coming to us from Montreal, which does play into a large part of the show here, the first pay per view 
that the WWE had done in Montreal since Survivor Series, 1997. Really? This is the first one? Uh-huh. Whoa. A day that will live in infamy. Um, did you have any knowledge of the show at all going no. into this? No. So, no. You're, so you're going in completely blind. Yeah, my only, like, I'm not even kidding you, my only knowledge of No Way Out is the fact that it happened several times, but 04 is the only one I know of. <laughs> Okay. Specifically, okay. this like, this should be fun. Then this should be great. Uh, my first note: Fuck yeah, Evanescence. Oh my god, that's literally <laughs> word for word my first note. So the theme song for the pay per view is "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence. Can you see into my eyes like open doors? <laughs> so a few things. One, at this point, uh, I'm in college. I'm okay. doing the radio thing. This song comes out. I have just started my uh, endless friendship uh, with my buddy Koi. We're bonding over wrestling. We're on the radio station together, right? We're co-hosting our show and everything. Yep. This song hits, and we're both like, this has to be a pay-per-view theme. This has to be a video package something. Yeah. Went and saw Daredevil in theaters, which this song is heavily featured in. Really? Like yep. the Like the awful one? With uh, Ben Affleck? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I, at the time, absolutely fucking loved the song. Watching this now, it was a great source of nostalgia for me and everything. Am I going to tell you it's good? No. Am I going to tell you I love it? Abso-fucking-lutely. I'm just making a lot of noise over here. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> I will say this, though. When we get to it, the video package that they actually made with this song, I was like, God damn it, why did it have to be this? Why did it have to be my hand? Ah, oh, fuck, my hand. Um, Coach is on commentary here. Coach and Lawler because God hates us. Yeah. But see, I didn't hate Coach. He His... wasn't enough to take away from Lawler. Alright, Sure. Uh, For me, at least. Coach's, like, comeback to the Fed that he had a couple years ago was horrific. <laughs> that was that was awful. Uh, I really wish that the, my tripod is not working right now. I see um, that. And it's, like, really bothering me. I've never had this problem before. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, unwieldy. All right, well. Why don't you just hold the phone? Well, because maybe... There you go. You happy? No, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Opening match. There is actually a lot to unpack here. Jericho versus Jeff Hardy. Correct. Mm -hmm. Which is not what was announced, built to, or advertised. It's supposed I did not to be know Jericho this. versus Test. Test and Jericho had been having a little TV program okay. in the midst of the Jericho Shawn Michaels feud. This was supposed to be Test's moment. This was going to be his, like, quote, coming out party. We're going to put you on first in your home country. You're going to tear it up with Jericho. I would wager there was going to be test over somehow. Okay. And they were going to really fucking gonna give you the shove. Terrico. Right? Yep. <laughs> Reason it didn't happen. So they mentioned it on the card. There's a blizzard happening outside during this event. Okay. Every person was there on time for everything. They were all told, hey, the weather's going to be shit. You know, travel accordingly. Make plans. Test didn't. Hmm. Gets pulled from the card. And, yeah, basically How relegated awful. back to, like, yeah, ex just get there. You know what I mean? Just, you don't have to be, you don't have to do anything, just be there. You <laughs> don't even have to think of what you do. No, 
You had all summer. <laughs> you still didn't think about it. Phone went off. So, like... <laughs> and he's Canadian. He knows the fucking deal. Yeah, man. Anyways, uh... What do you think of this, though? Because this was a last-minute replacement. By the way, Test is on the show later. In the back. Oh, my in God. In a backstage segment. Which, to me, is pouring so much more salt into a wound. Yeah. Um... I don't have any, like, general notes on the match, um, but I do, um, in general, I remember liking this match. I really liked like, it. Like, um, at one point, Hardy hits a code breaker, and I'm like, what yeah. is going on? Which is wild, isn't it? Yeah. again, later on, that would be Jericho's finish. Yeah, it's super weird. Um... Jericho almost gets legitimately crushed by the <laughs> whisper in the wind. Yes. It looks like he almost gets his... He also, um, uh, I think Jeff does like a springboard version to the floor at one point that I thought was yeah, really wild. Yeah, I like this match. It's it's There's a lot of wild shit in it. It's, yeah. It is sloppy. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, very it sloppy. Um, Jericho, no one says, ask him like Jericho. Better, Not best, a single best. person. There's a top rope power bomb in this match. There's a top rope fucking arm drag or a, Scary a hip toss. One. I'm sorry, top rope hip toss, which how innovative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why does no one do that? Um, great Jeff Hardy quote, and I, I wrote it down, and it's fun because I actually mentioned this earlier in the evening before we started the show. Uh, great Jeff Hardy quote: "I shine when I sell." Yeah, we talked about that earlier today, um, and. Man, he he does and did and and I mean still does really like yeah. he has that innate ability to get people behind him. Weird. Uh, I dug it. Uh, hell of an opener. Yeah. So to me, the the it's a great match, despite being sloppy. The aftermath is fascinating because this is the first time that Shawn Michaels has been in Montreal mm-hmm. since the aforementioned. Survivor Series of 97, a show where nothing of note happened. Uh, <laughs> so the reaction, though, when he comes out, because it's like Jericho is... Part of the fun of that first match, too, I think, is that like they're they're into Jericho. They yeah. know he's a great wrestler, he's from there, and everything else. But they are still also into Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Well, I mean, got to. Got to. But uh, it's not that full you? turn. Yeah. You know what I mean? The crowd doesn't flip like they will later, but... You know what I mean? But then... Sean comes out, and it is almost this initial big pop reaction, and then they're like, no, no, wait. No, no, fuck you. Fuck you, man. But by that point, the segment's ended, and he's gone. Yeah. A rare moment, I think, of brilliance that they were like, we can't have you out there, because they're gonna, they will turn on you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because Bret Hart is God. Sure. There's a great quote from uh, from X-Men Apocalypse that I think can apply to all Canadians. You are blind because you follow blind leaders. Now we're talking. All right. Also, good pull. Yeah. That was a solid movie. Uh, I do. I, I, I Dude. <laughs> I highly enjoyed that, that movie. What's your favorite X-Men movie? Uh, probably Days of Future Past. For me, it's X2, followed by Days of... I'm sorry, X2, the original Days of Future Past, First Class? First Class was real good. Apocalypse, 
the last, the bottom tier for me, I really did not like the Phoenix one. I didn't the, see the it. The most recent one. I, I have it. it. I'll loan it to you. It ain't. I, why would you do that to me? <laughs> Here's an awful movie. Watch it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't care for that one. And um, shit, what one am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one. X-Men Origins Wolverine? No, we're not counting that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a sin. Uh <laughs> Fuck, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Oh, X3. X3 might be bottom of the fucking barrel for me. Really? Yeah, I... I, I haven't seen those recently enough to know. It, I think it might be because I loved the first one, and then I, I was so high on that second one. Yeah. So then a couple years later, I come in for that third one, I'm like, all right, man, it's Phoenix Saga time. Let's fucking go. And it's trash. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash. Trash. See, I love Days of Future Past because I'm a huge Quicksilver mark. Sure. That's the, that's the only reason that Apocalypse is number two for me. <laughs> that, I mean, that's fair. Uh, Days of Future Past, which is basically, hey, we're doing a reboot without doing a reboot. Yeah. Which is better than just doing a reboot, by Correct. the way, Hollywood. Correct. I know you're listening. Every, John Hollywood. Collective hive mind of the Hollywood. What were we uh, talking about? I think there's a show. Yeah, what's up after that? Uh, uh, I just my next note says "fuck yeah, Team Angle." I think there was yep, a promo yep. there. Same, there there was one. Uh, oh, okay. So thing that I want to talk about the uh, WrestleMania 19 title match controversy. So the build for months had basically been Lesnar and Angle. Okay, they set it up actually at the end of 02. Angle fucks over Lesnar, wins the title, has Heyman as the manager. You know the set and the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lesnar wins the Rumble. So this seems like, all right, man, this is an easy fucking great build. Angle gets so hurt later on this card that there was talk of doing a title switch on SmackDown and having Benoit beat Angle for the belt and then do Benoit and Lesnar at Mania. Because I'll point point it out when we get to it. Angle breaks his neck on this pay-per-view for like the umpteenth time. And then basically limps his way through Mania 19 and still kills it. And then is gone for several months and is back by SummerSlam. You just blew my mind. Yeah. Because of the idea of getting Benoit and Lesnar. Yep. Which and did happen, but never on a pay-per-view. It, it should have. Yeah. Um, and fucking breaking... Okay, point it out to me, please. Mm. Because I, I have no... I didn't even catch anything that looked like... Ugh! In my mind, uh, I knew where it was at. So rewatching it this time, I, w- I looked for it. The agony that he is in, and the fact that he does not miss a beat. I didn't know. I could. I could if not you, tell. If, it's the thing where it's one of those things where if you don't know it, you won't see it. That's insane to me. Yeah, but yeah, they they straight up were like, we don't know if Kurt's gonna make it to Mania, uh, and there was talk of like, and I'm talking like this is like two weeks prior to Mania. They were the, the the talk was going to be basically the the bit would be Angle defends against Benoit, Team Angle betrays Angle becomes Team Benoit, Benoit is champ, Benoit defends against Lesnar at Mania. That sounds insane. It yeah, and when I say like, hey, this was close to happening, this was like one of those Kurt, can you do this type of things? Like, yeah. Oh my god. There's only to... more of this to come on this on this pay-per-view, by the way. So anyways, um, early evolution shows up. And there's a <laughs> shot of Austin's truck in the back, which gets a big reaction. 
because this was Austin's, again, one of the most insane pay-per-views. This is Austin's comeback after he had done, after he had walked out. I just so much, what the, you said <laughs> that this is one of the most insane pay-per-views of yes. all time. You're right. We have not gotten to match two. <laughs> Austin walked out because he didn't want a job to Lesnar on Raw. Correct. Which is known, documented, you know, whatever. He's been gone for, I believe, about eight months. And here we are. This is his first night back. And all you see is the truck. Big reaction. Anyways, so the next match. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't even know. How do I go? How do I move on? Trust me, there's so much more to unpack. We're, we're, we're not even getting into the fucking laundry yet. Alright, RVD and Kane versus Lance Storm and William Regal. Sure. I loved RVD and Kane. This was a good ramshackle tag team. Mm-hmm. It was fun, easy. Storm and Regal, great fucking throwback team. Yep. Great chemistry with each other. Check out Regal getting knocked the fuck out on that slam. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's lifeless. Yeah. It's very scary, very fucking frightening. It's uh, And then he gets his shit together and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Unwell. Uh, my only other notes on this great hot tag from Kane, dude. Kane's hot tag is awesome. Is my yeah. my note. So okay, RVD might be the most crisp wrestler of all time. <laughs> yes, and also Just... one of the more notoriously stiff. But yes, <laughs> fair. I don't know how I would pull a fucking Van Daminator. I don't either. But um, yeah, I loved this match. I mean, fun. this was, it was a lot of fun. The finish. Great finish. Genius. Great finish. So for those of you who haven't seen it, one, you should actually seek the show out. This is an early spoiler for the end where we kind of do our recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Watch this fucking show. It's insane. Uh, the finish, um, I believe it's uh, Lance Storm twists Kane's mask. Yes. Around his head. Uh, Kane, while then blinded, goozles and chokeslams Robert Vaniel Daniel. Because Lance Storm pushes Van Damme into it. Right, right, right. Yep. So it kind of looks, it's like, oh, you hit me? Well, fuck you. Chokeslam as he's trying to spin the mask. One, two, three. Yep. Great finish. Beautiful. And honestly, that's one where if they had done it before or after, I don't remember it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that, that was one of those ones where I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, this was setting the seas, by the way, for the eventual turn into your favored uh, pickled egg game. Yep. But hey, at least we're fucking starting storylines. This is February. You're right, but... It, it would be SummerSlam by the time he's having a match with RVD with no mask. As like, soon as the fucking mouth was removed, I'm like, no. Yep. You lost me. Uh, up next, we've got a Cruiserweight title match. Featuring Kidman's good rape-themed music. First of all, there's a promo between Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy where Jeff slaps the absolute piss out of Matt, Okay, yeah, I remember that. I must not have made a note, yeah. I did because it was was there. There, yeah, okay. (laughs) But anyway, yes. Billy Kidman because God has forsaken us. (laughs) What's your beef with Kidman? Just... Not a fan? Fucking shooter pisses me off. Okay. I love version one Matt Hardy, though. Dude! Matt is annoyed by snow and ice. As 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 the blizzard is happening outside, yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. That made me out loud laugh. I don't know why that was so funny to me. Oops, sorry. Uh, I had a a note here that says, Matt, this shirt, why are you still wearing it? 
I don't know. He was in great shape. I, I, and honestly, he's in worse shape now and doesn't wear a shirt. I don't know, man. I don't uh, know. I love the whole him cutting weight gimmick to be a cruiserweight thing. Yeah. I, I thought that was fucking great. Good cutoff in this match. He basically um, Irish whips Billy Kidman down the apron. And he yeah. takes the, the post back first. Cool yeah. stuff. At one point, uh, Billy Kidman... Like Matt has one of his legs in his in his hands, and he does a one legged kip up into an Enzi. Uh huh. Blew my fucking mind. A lot of cool moves in this match. Yes, a lot of cool moves. Crowd did not seem to really give a shit. I I still liked it. I did too. Yeah, Yeah. good stuff. I I liked it a lot. It is it is in fact the slowest cruiserweight match I've ever seen. Right. Which I think is by design because. It's the whole, I'm not a cruiserweight, but by technicality, right. I am now, I, so I weigh fuck you. 224.9 pounds. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still, yeah, I love this match. The twist of fate off the top is mm-hmm. terrifying. Agreed. Uh, after this, we got a segment backstage where Edge is found uh, dead. Um, I literally, <laughs> my next note is Edge is dead. <laughs> uh, so... Fun thing about this, too. Again, adding to the insanity of this. So this is Edge leaving for okay. his next surgery. So he's going to be gone for a year. Okay. Rhino was coming back from neck surgery. Okay. Paul Heyman begged and pleaded, replace him with Rhino. Okay. Make this Rhino's return and was told no. And then Rhino came back the same week on fucking SmackDown. Dude. Why? I... I I cannot tell you why. So you're saying uh, um, Edge was out for a year? Yeah. Because they mentioned in the next pay-per-view that we were reviewing that this is Edge's return. Did I literally pick the one after? You did somehow, actually. You did pick his comeback from his year hiatus, and then this one that I picked is the he's leaving for a year. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I hadn't even thought (laughs) about that. By some chance. But anyway. um, Yeah, I can't believe they didn't pull the trigger on just having Rhino fill that spot what a great like to me it's the thing where it's like what a beautiful segment or segue mm-hmm. like oh shit Edge is out we need a replacement oh fuck it's Rhino he's been gone like stupid so uh, okay there's a, a point in the segment where Stephanie McMahon's like what happened and Brock goes I just walked by as if he walked by and then Edge just went <laughs> he could not handle Brock Lesnar walking by he oh just, no I see I took it as just like <laughs> For whatever reason, Brock is just in his gear, <laughs> walking around. All of a sudden, it's like, "Oh shit!" There's a dead guy over there. Oh no, it's Edge. Oh no! I don't know why the way he says, "I just walked by, man," and then he just right. fell down. It also makes it sound like he's being like, "I didn't do this." <laughs> yeah, I didn't incapacitate my own partner. Like, so uh, um, yeah. Next. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I can't tell how why. I can't tell which way you're saying mm-hmm. So there's this very bizarre build for this next match with Taker okay. and Big Show. Okay. I did not care for the build to this. Okay. Uh, in essence, the build is Big Show chucks Taker off the stage. He's gone for a few months. Taker comes back. Big Show's all like, I'm sorry, but is using Paul Heyman to say this via a lot of gifts in boxes one of which being Canyon, who was mercilessly beaten by Undertaker, like, stiffed and, and really fucking roughed up. I did not like this build. I didn't I didn't mind it. 
Really? Honestly, because okay. I, I felt like I could tell by the way that the video package was set up that by the time they got to the part where Big Show comes out and attacks him, mm-hmm. they got to the point where the segment was like, all right, we know where this is going. Sure. Oh, shit! You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I feel like that... I. I felt like that was kind of neat. I if mean, for it's no other different. reason than it wasn't done before. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will absolutely. I'll always applaud something that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> next over here just says, "How much does Big Show weigh?" Because <laughs> um, man, they couldn't stop saying it. Five hundred pounds. Is that true? <laughs> um, I heard it was actually four ninety eight. Son of a but... bitch! They <laughs> lied to me. So, uh, I have a note here that says, this is the best big show. You know me. Right. Yeah, this is your era. I also have another note that I think I'd have to really think about it. It's not my favorite, but this might be the best Undertaker. It's up there for me, for sure. Like, because one of my notes just says, man, oh man, Taker is moving. Dude. The dive. <laughs> the dive. Uh, excuse me for one moment. I hate to do this. I need you to vamp for just a second. Oh no! Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. Okay, so um, keep talking about the match. Uh, yeah. uh, so there's 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 things. Um, I love the refs being scared of Undertaker. I feel like I'm gonna bring up a lot of the things that I'm saying right now to Tom when he comes back. So I don't even know what else I can really talk about um in this matchup. Um. A-Train comes out and catches him for the dive, catches Taker for the dive. I say that loosely because, oh boy, uh, old A-Train was not foreign there. This is the longest and most lonely vamp I've ever had in my life. So, uh, yeah, um... You know, sometimes I I wonder if I'm doing right by this world. If I'm making the right decisions. I don't even know why I'm (laughs) I'm just trying to, like, fill time. Because I don't want to, like, say these things about the match and then say them again when Tom comes back. You know what? I'll go on on a tangent here. That, uh... Tom probably won't care about, or I'll bring off off air. Doesn't matter. These commentators, this entire match during, the, or yeah, during this match, the whole time are saying the Big Show by the Big Show. Oh, a choke slam there by the Big Show. It's not the Big Show. It's the Big Show. The stress is on Big, not Show. Okay. I, I hate that, making it seem like sound like he is a show. I know that his name in. Just out of principle doesn't make sense. But for some reason, I always read it, and I feel like it is necessary to read it and say it as first name Big, last name Show. Big Show. Not Big Show. He's the Big Show. I hate that. I hate that. It's a pointless tangent. I realize that. But I will die on this hill. It's the Big Show. Now that I've said Big Show so many times, I've forgotten what that even means. It's like a jamais vu, you know, the opposite of deja vu, where something familiar suddenly becomes unfamiliar. It's when you start to, like, when you say a word too many times, and it's like, this doesn't even sound like a word anymore. That's jamais vu. I just learned you a thing or two. Um, rhymed there, didn't mean to. Um, 
so yeah. Um, hi. I apologize for that. That's fine. I went Sorry. on a very, very long rant about how it's, um, it's the the commentators kept saying the big show. Yes. And it's the big show. The stress is on big, not show. I hate the fact that I'm asking you to repeat this, but give it to me one more time. The commentators say... The big show. And it should be... The big show. Yes, okay. I know Follow that I know that, that fundamentally I, I, does not make sense, just because his no, name no. is the big show. No, I agree. I, I concur. Sorry for having to step out. That's so fine. I went on a pointless tangent. Um, you don't need to recap this. I'll listen to it later. I know. But I went on a pointless tangent because there are some things about this match that I want to bring up with you. Yes, please. Uh, I, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I love the refs being scared of the Undertaker. Love it. Anytime that he just, he's, he, when he's dude. like tagging somebody in the corner and the ref's like, hey, get out of there. And he just turns and glares and cocks his fist. And they just, they just get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, Charles Robinson, I think, was real good about like literally he'd dive out of the ring. So fucking fantastic. Love that. Uh, Best pure striker in WWE. (laughs) So, I mean, although in the sense of, like, work, arguable, it's up there. Taker's punches. Yeah. We've had this discussion on this podcast a couple of times, I think, but Taker's punches are a a top five, maybe three. Uh, Uh, I would say easily top three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I... Lawler is actually up there for me, and I know you haven't seen that much of Lawler's actual work, but man, oh, man, them right hands, like... Top tier. Uh, Memphis punches. Gotta learn to punch. Uh, what did you actually think Maybe of this try match? getting a string. Yes. And punching. You sure as shit don't want to hit somebody too hard and shatter their fucking skull face jawbone. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Um, what did you think of this match overall? I, th- I thought this match was great. Really? Maybe it was just because uh, I loved both the big show and Taker, so I was blinded by that, but it was... For me, it was just kind of there. Like, really? I, 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 I didn't dislike it. I appreciated the effort. Like I said, these guys are, fair. are gigantic guys in their move. That's Big fair. Show's doing multiple elbow drops. Dude, so like, many. Uh, Taker's running. He's doing DDTs and all this other, you know, like... Taker's they're, they're DDT is my hard. favorite DDT. The, the set for the backdrop DDT. Yeah, yeah I don't know great. why I love it. Uh, I think it, it's because he's running forward and it disobeys what I believe it, a DDT should be. Because it's a complete 180 in momentum. Yes, yeah. and I love that. Uh I mean, I, I don't think it's bad to me. It's just kind of there. Uh, I Dude, did not care for the finish on this. I don't so even remember what it was. Oh, the Hell's joke. Gate. Uh, well, sort of, sort of. Yeah. I was like, in th- in 03? He was really dipping his toe into this. Because before that, he puts him in the Dragon Sleeper, which he yeah. mo- used for like maybe a month that they called Taker Care of Business. Arguably the worst name for a hold of all time. That ah. TCB, Taker Care of Business. What the fuck? No. I don't really know how to respond to that. They tried it for, (laughs) I'm thinking, four weeks, and it was like, this is awful, and then stopped it. A-Train was like, yeah, I can't be for you there, Mark. That dive. That was was one of my notes. It just says, die on the dive. He would... A-Train... I don't don't expect Heyman to do shit. A-Train was not there for him at all. And he's a gigantic man. What the f- and is a friend of the Undertaker. Yep. Yeah, what I'm just gonna shit? let you eat the ground. Good lord. That's awesome. Jesus. But uh, anyway, yeah, I did like the match, but uh, to each their own, I guess. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's a backstage segment coming up here mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Bischoff 
Keith Morley, a.k.a. Sean Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus, a.k.a. right-wing extremist pothead bastard. <laughs> uh, few people have gone further down the fucking rabbit hole. Yeah. That guy, holy lord. If you ever want to fucking get mad and laugh at the same time, look him <laughs> up on social media, because holy shit, brother. Uh, anyways, uh, so my note here just says Vince laying down the law. Because they're literally cutting this promo about how, like, oh, man, what kind of match do you want to make it, Eric? Because you're the guy in charge. We'll just use a bunch of goons to help you win. Yeah. Which I'm like, yes, that makes sense. And then Vince just saunters in and has his weird babyface moment, despite being a heel, of being like, no, there's not going to be any interference of any sort, or I will fire that person on the spot. And I'm like, yes, good. Yeah. Acknowledge that these things happen and do something about it. Exactly. I like those those rare Vince McMahon face moments. Sure. Like, he's great as a face. He's just God tears a heel. Correct. Uh, that being said, just a side tangent I thought of just now. Mm. What is your favorite Vince McMahon moment? Mm. Because mine might make you. I, you go ahead. So, it's going to be hard for me to give you one, so I'll give you, like, I, I might try to pick three. Okay. Possibly in strong consideration for my favorite. Mania 19, later this year, uh, Vince and Hogan. Okay. And the shot of Vince covered in blood, slowly coming up over the edge of the ring from the floor. Okay. Yeah. It is so incredible to me. Like, kudos to the camera guy for getting it. I don't know if they had the heads up or not. I think I've read that they did not, which is more incredible to me. Yeah. No one has ever looked more evil. Yeah. It's so fucking good. That might that is up there the ripping the robe off. It's me, Austin. It was me all along. Uh even though it doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh yep. is just a great moment and um I I mean what about when he dropped the in bomb? On his own paper. Oh, I uh, mean... Tell me! He didn't just say that. Keep it up, mutt! Nope. You thought we, we I was going to do it. You do that, I was Tom. Do that. God. No, no, no. Uh, if I were to pick another one, I think maybe just for the iconic image that it is, Austin being restrained in the bottom buckle by the corporation and Vince just screaming yeah. in his face. Yeah. Like, just, just what an unbelievable, you know image, frankly. My number one favorite Vince McMahon moment is only because it makes me laugh mm. so hard for no reason. Um, uh, the money in the bank during COVID when they had the fight all the way to the rooftop. Sure. When Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles start fighting into Vince McMahon's office, mm -hmm. and then it's just that silent moment where they look at him and then he just stands up with his jeans, jeans and, and, and the his, button up tucked yeah, in. Blazer, yeah. And he just goes, Get out! <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny to me. For no reason. It's also great because it implies that, like, Vince, Vince's company that he's in charge of are doing this match where people are fighting through the building. Yeah. But he's still working. Yeah. And somehow is in some sense, surprised that these men are fighting in his building. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, light my shoe on fire. Okay. Got it. Oh, fuck, my foot's on fire. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so fucking I mean, it, much. It was funny. It was funny. Um, next up, we've got three on two. Ba- First of all, back to Lawler and Coach. Lawler oh. is dressed like a pissing child. <laughs> I don't remember what he's wearing. It's some purple and gold fucking sequin shit. God. He's a king. He's a child. <laughs> he's Jerry the King. Lola. Okay, but if it was a robe, I'd be okay with it, Tom, but it's not. You, you'd be okay with a commentator wearing a purple and gold sequin robe. Yeah. That's more king than a fucking button-up weird, like, off-brand affliction shirt. Okay. Anyways, so we got this now three-on-two match coming up. Yeah. Team Angle is a trio, which I think only happened a few times and should have happened a lot. Yes. Uh, against the team of Brocklesnar and Chris Benoit. Uh, <laughs> this was fun. This was fine. I do think it hurt by being two-on-three. Yeah. Uh, it's always so wild to see young Lesnar. Dude. Just move it. Looks 15 years old in the mm-hmm. face. Oh, my God. So, Benoit, gets yeah. ta- at one point, gets tagged in and is fucking cooking, dude. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. then they cut him off and do another heat. I'm like, how the fuck was that the war- the lukewarm tag? How? Yeah. Because yeah. there was, you know, only two people on that team and they needed to fill X amount of time. That's how. But I know what hot tag you're com- you're talking about. Comes in, clears house, suplexes somebody onto somebody. Like that ain't that ain't that ain't lukewarm, brother. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're piping. Uh, I okay, real quick. Benoit's theme music. Good shit. Yeah. 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 Our Lady Peace. Awesome. Um, I love a good six man tag, even though this doesn't really count. Okay, so Angle's neck getting broke. So okay. Angle has. Uh, Brock in a sleeper with like a body scissor. Okay. And Brock kind of hulks up and then Angle brings him back down. Okay. Correct. And we're just basically this. eating up the clock here. Yeah. When Brock gets up the second time and runs into the buckle face first, Angle's head, if, if need to, after this uh, recording, I'll pull it up for you. Angle's head hits that turnbuckle and just rips backwards. And you see him immediately go down and he's clutching towards what looks like his shoulder is clavicle. But he is he has broken his neck, and Ugh. and finishes the match, doesn't miss a beat, still takes bumps. I think he gets German suplex like a minute later, and yeah, it it's absolutely fucking ridiculous that a guy can take that level of pain and punishment and still perform. I couldn't. I'm telling you right now, I couldn't. Like I'll I'll steal the the quote from a friend of the show, even though I'm positive he's never listened to it. Uh, Pierre Abernathy. Uh, wrestling ain't that important to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? The moment that I'm like, oh shit, my head's not attached. Yeah. I'm laying down. <laughs> you know? Was that quote about Vader and the eye popping out? No, no, that's just something that um, uh, Jackson has said a bunch of times. Oh, okay. When it comes to like people getting legitimately hurt yeah. or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just wrestling ain't that important to me. Okay. Like. Um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't notice. I still liked it. <laughs> yeah, good, great shit. I, I dug it, too. Just, wow. So, now we have 
Triple H versus the baddest motherfucker alive. Part two. Uh, this is the video package that got the Evanescent song, and I'm like, for this match. <laughs> um, God, this is the rematch. Okay, so this is also the genesis, really. We're in the, the formative stages of evolution. Okay. Which I think is, the honestly, the bigger story here than the match. But let's talk Scott Steiner. Your thoughts? Not a Steiner guy. Like, he might be great with Rick. I haven't seen enough of it. But, like, honestly, not my cup of tea. For me, and this is something that I never had a conscious thought of until actually Meg pointed out, it's almost like there's two Scott Steiners. Okay. There's pre-Big Papa Pump. Yes. And then there's Big Papa Pump. Yes. Uh, I enjoy... Old school Steiners. I love watching them. Super athletic. Scott Steiner, 450 splash. you believe it? If I hadn't seen it, I would say no. But Fucking yes. real. It's insane. So, it, you know, that era of Steiners, I do enjoy watching, but for different reasons. Yeah. That's why I say, like, I, I haven't seen enough of them. I've seen one Steiners match, and right. that's where I got the what I call the Steiner, which is the... Um, uh, Arm ringer, arm wrist ringer lock, around, around into yep, top yep, wrist yep. lock, which he did in this match. Yep. Uh, and then Big Papa Pump. My thing with that era of Steiner is, uh, for me, it's almost that car crash mentality where it's like, I, I do want to watch this, but I but I don't know that it's for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you, you've talked about on here the the Fast and Furious movies. You know, yeah, like, that's yeah. one of your things and. You know, for me, it's like kaiju movies and monster shit. Where it's like, oh, fuck, man, Scott Steiner, I, I kind of know this ain't going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I you, I can't not look look at it. My two notes in a row, to sum this up, is not a Steiner guy. My next note is, this match has made me hate Scott Steiner. <laughs> Even more. The crowd, by the way, immediately flipped. Like, it, I just... It's, it's shocking how fast they turned. Um... They also, man, a lot of Hebner hate during this. Yeah, good. You know. <laughs> uh, this this is also peak, um, uh, how do I say this, assisted Triple H? Yeah. <laughs> He's a, <laughs> ah. a little puffy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a tad. <laughs> a little, uh, filled up his machine with premium to get to the show. So uh, my I own... did enjoy the spot where they teased the DQ. Which, uh, where it, it, It's something like... Uh, Steiner kicks out of something and Triple H is arguing with Earl and he pushes Earl. And Earl it, does he kick out of the belt shot? No, that's that's the tail end. Okay. That's the absolute finish. But basically he pushes Earl and Earl gets up and he does the, the hand oh. motion like he's gonna call for the bell and then he catches himself and he says, No. I'm not gonna let you I'm get not out gonna of this. do it. Yeah. You're gonna wrestle, you know, whatever. I like I, that. I love that. And what's fucked is I think they actually did it the month prior at the Rumble. And I don't care. Because to me, yeah, that just I I, I still like do like that. that. I think it's a good bit of storytelling. I think it works, and it makes a referee look credible. How, um, well, you, well, you just can't have that, Tom. Can't have it. Um, My only other note on this entire match is the belt should be the finish. I okay, I'm talking out loud as I'm watching this. Right, I have my quote from when this happened too. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, Triple H hits Steiner with the belt. I'm saying out loud. Wow, this might be one of the rare matches where Triple H 
wins, but not with the pedigree, which I think has happened less than ten times ever. Listen, kid, you gotta start doing business with the pedigree. You gotta start doing business with the pedigree. <laughs> and then Steiner kicked out, and then he got pedigree, <laughs> and then that was the end. My direct quote was, okay, so I'm literally, I'm watching this, and I'm silent. I'm just viewing, taking notes, whatever. He gets hit with the belt, he pins, he kicks out, and the first word I say within the next five, within that five minutes of time is the first thing I say is, ah, fuck! (laughs) That's literally what I said. And I even wrote it down as, like, the ah Mm. getting louder, because I fucking pissed, you're getting hit in the head with metal. But here's the thing, okay, and I'm not defending this. Please keep this in mind. Okay. Don't don't give me that look. <laughs> I think that they were still clinging to the idea of Steiner's the baby face and he needs to look strong and nigh unbeatable. If he kicks out of the belt shot, people will pop, but the belt shot and the pedigree is too much. I think that's the mindset. However, nope. Correct. Didn't fucking come that come out that way. Also, for being one of the quote greatest heels of all time, boy howdy, the Triple H win with his fucking finish a lot. Yeah, it, it I it'll always as time goes on, I think more fondly of Triple H, especially when I go back and watch shit. That's still always gonna bug me. Where it's like, man, if you talk about like a, a heel or a character who should be winning with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll-up. <laughs> Why the fuck was it not him? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying whore out your finish, but, like, he was always such a chicken-shit conniving heel, and then he hit his fucking move and pinned him. Well, you see, it's the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment. Not the surprise roll-up. But the pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it actually is a very protected move. Correct. Uh, Anyways, uh, odd note that I have here, and this is another one of those, like, the timeline thing of this pay-per-view and being like, what the fuck? So this is the start, right, of Evolution. Okay. Their whole run, and that's counting the time that Orton and Batista were out injured and everything else, less than two years. Really? Well, this is part of the the month, the pay-per-view after this is Mania 19. Okay. By the time that we get to Mania 21, Orton's out of the group and has already been world champion, and Batista is beating Triple H for the world title. Whoa. And we sit here and we talk about, like, oh man, this unbelievable run that Evolution had. Less than two years. How long was the Shield a thing? Uh, let's see. They would have debuted at the end of 2012, and then broke the fuck up in t- summer of 2014? So, yeah, right two years. The same. And those are both groups that we look fondly on. Of course. You don't have to have a group last a million years. It's just something that I think is interesting. It is interesting, though. Yeah. Because, like, you go back... Like, if you go back to, like, the 80s, like, the horsemen were a thing for a number of years. Different iterations, for sure, and different members, yeah. But, like, that was a thing for a while. The NWO would have started in 96, and good, bad, or otherwise... <laughs> Ran until like oh one when mm-hmm. the company went out, but they at least had like three years. It, yeah, it it is 
just an odd thing to think like most of these yeah. groups only have a shelf life of probably two years or so. Which is fine. Like I've always heard like the argument like oh I think the shield was, were broken up too soon and it's like no they were broken up before you got sick of them. That's what made the breakup I mean, matter. That's, that's a fair point to make. I, I I can understand that and I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. I do kind of think that there was more mileage left in them as a fix. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. It also helps make it really incredible how long the New Day have lasted as a, as a trio. And that's insane because, like, honestly, there was a time where I was like, I think they're done. They, they're this right. is this is not good anymore. And now they're great. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. they they pulled me back in. I think they they got whatever they do. Like they figured it out. They had all summer to think about it. <laughs> But the summer that the guys once again, I think you should leave season two. July. Oh, by the 6th. way, I got a message from a good friend of the show, Bucky, today. Okay, it just said, "God damn it, Tom! You referencing I think you should leave now is making me rewatch the whole thing." And I said, "Good, you fucking should." Good, dude. Yes. Uh, I cannot wait for you and me to just hang out that night and get fucking hammered watching that second. It's season. gonna be so good. I I cannot. I, I I'm excited to laugh. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Uh, yes, man. So, up next. This is a hell of a back half of the show, actually, now that I look at my notes. Uh, up next, we've got Steve Austin. Yeah. He's returned to the company against Eric Bischoff. Yep. My next note, I have no context for this, by the way. I have no context, but I have a note that just says pain. So the build for this was actually good. Okay. So Austin had walked out, right? Okay. Hadn't been gone, hadn't been seen. Basically, the build for this, Vince comes out one night and is like, Bischoff, you suck as GM, I'm going to fire you unless you can do something that's really going to make Raw sizzle. You know what I mean? we got to fly Jeff Chris down here from Indiana and make this thing pop. Uh, and... <laughs> Bischoff's response, you know, one way or another is, I'm going to bring back Steve Austin. Okay. So then it became, okay, if you can bring back Steve Austin, you can keep your job. But then it was, yo, Steve's not going to be here. So there was this whole, like, him hawing thing back and forth. You have until no way out, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, hey, uh, they showed in the video package, it's JR saying, Austin guaranteed to give me his word he will be there. Vince says, all right, Austin's going to be there. And he's going to fight. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> and for me, watching this from the fans' perspective, this was what people fucking actually wanted. They wanted to see Steve come back and just crush somebody. Perfect. And what better fucking heel. You know what I mean? And I like that they play yeah. up the whole, like, Bischoff fired Austin from WCW. You know, and they had already done the co-GM thing, and they were always going back and forth on that, you know, blah, 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 and he's been gone, this, that, and the other. Uh, one of the things I want to point out, though, because this adds to the insanity of this pay-per-view, this is Austin's return. He has this quote-unquote match. A month later at WrestleMania 19 is his last match. What? 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 Alright. It's the thing where I'm like, I think it's indicative of how beaten down his body was. Yeah. Where it's like, you can go home and rest and train and do whatever you need to do for eight months. You're going to come back and... He, he he doesn't take anything in this. 
Correct. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. That's what makes sense. Yes. And even still, I don't. I'm not positive. I want to look it up. I don't think he had a match on Raw, in between this and Mania. I think he just did segments and like maybe a couple of brawls and stuff with The Rock, and then his last match is Mania 19, with The Rock, and that's it. Wow, one of the few people that actually stay retired too. Yeah, and there was no retirement tour. There was no this is it. That was it. It was just. Off into the sunset. Like, by the um, way... I always, always go down as one of the toughest SOBs in the business of pro wrestling. <laughs> yep. Also, uh, this is on the fuckboard, by the way. Uh, we're are you looking do, around the room for the fuckboard? I am looking around fuck as, as a physical fuckboard. Uh, we are going to do WrestleMania 19 at some point with Meg as a guest because she saw it live. Whoa! Yeah. I knew this, actually. Yeah. But yes, that'll be fun. So, uh, Stone Cold in this match is just having genuine fun. You can see it on his it's face. It's so enjoyable. Yeah. And honestly, in some sense, I actually think Bischoff is having fun too. I'm sure he is, because I, I I know that he, like he does actually enjoy being the foil for people. Uh, Good. It's like one of those things where like no one wants to work at McDonald's, but someone has to. Right. <laughs> and there's somebody at Mc, who works at McDonald's that likes their job. Exactly. Uh, yeah, man, this is top tier squash. Yeah. Great stuff. It was fun. It was entertaining. Crowd was hot for it. You can, like you said, you can tell Bish or uh, not Bischoff. Uh, Austin is just having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. Loved it. So, uh, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Hogan versus Rock two. That's right. The rematch that happened that absolutely no one ever talks about. They literally hype up so badly in the video package for this match. Rock and Hogan from Mania 18. And here we get this rematch. And straight up, like, there's so many people, by the way, that if you ask them, yeah, man, did you ever see the rematch? They wouldn't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I didn't. Just until... crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Rock. Incredible. Yeah. This is one of my absolute favorite eras of Rock. The, the shaved head... The unbelievable intro on his entrance music. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so just top tier. The leather pants for no good reason. The fucking vest. Yeah. Like, what? got to. Got to. Like, him being a fucking dipshit. Just, it, it's, it's fucking great. I need, there's a, okay. We talk about entrance music a lot here. Yep. What the fuck is Hogan coming out to? So, it was originally, it was Voodoo Child. And the Fed, for whatever reason, did not pay for the rights to it. So that's why it's horrifically dubbed over on Peacock. And was dubbed over on the network. Because I looked up Hogan theme 2003, and that song came up. That's what came up? Yes. Voodoo Child did not come up. Correct. I don't, well, maybe. It could, it could be something similar. I don't know. But I was like, what is going on? Why not Real American? Uh, because that's not what he was using at that point. Uh, Why not? <laughs> Stupid. It could be, I also love how long that silence was. It could be something similar. I don't know. But it, I didn't listen to it for more than 30 seconds because I was watching the show. 
But I literally YouTubed Hogan, Hulk Hogan theme song 2003. And it, like, I think it came up with like 02 to 04 or something like that. I'm not sure. But I was blown away. That's not what came up. I know it's not, but this is what it was. Also, the fact that the Fed paid for Jimi Hendrix is incredible to me. Yeah. Back to a mountain. But that's so weird. We just come out to fucking real American. I think they were... I, I, I don't know. I think it was a... Were they trying to, like, blend Hollywood I, I think it was and, an effort to kind of, like, maybe modernize it just a little bit, but still just let him be Hogan. Yeah. Um, Weird, I don't know, but, um, yeah, that, uh... Stand up next to a mountain, and I chop it down with the edge of my hand. So now that that's aside, what did you think of the match? So here's my, th- my thoughts on this. Um, okay, hang on, before I get to that. This is another thing that I have a note here. Only adding to the insanity of this pay-per-view slash this time period, okay? So this is one of Rock's last three pay-per-view matches as a full-time wrestler with the company, right? Yes. He would come back for Mania 20 a year later, approximately a year later, be gone for a number of years until he did the whole thing with Cena, right? Yep. His last, so when I say last three, that's the qualification here. His last three pay-per-view opponents in a row. Hulk Hogan. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Goldberg. Whoa, okay. What an unbelievable run of main event worthy pay-per-view fucking matches. The only one that didn't go on last was him and Austin. Really? Does not close Mania 19. Wow. Wow. Brock and Angle closes Mania 19. Brockle Snar. Brockle Snar. Like, Spell it out, change the spacing. <laughs> but, like, don't... It, yeah, that, that is incredible. Incredible fucking thing to think of. Uh, I, it, it's a thing where I'm, like, I'm hard-pressed to think of a performer in the history of wrestling who, in three shows in a row, worked with three bigger names. Not... You know what I mean? Like... I couldn't tell you. It, yeah, it, it's a thing where it's, like... If Hogan had had, if Hogan had worked with like say, Andre, Savage, and Flair in yeah. a row, which did not happen. Yeah, you know, like that's the only thing that might have feasibly it, been yeah. comparable. Yeah. Um. So my my thoughts on this match, um, outside of the awful sharpshooter. Uh, <laughs> And how Rock looks small here, but is still a gigantic man. Um, yep. But only compared to what he looks like now, where he is a a wall, <laughs> uh, an absolute wall. My my take on this match, and this is also largely informed by having somewhat recently watched the one they had at Mania 18. I do think that the actual in ring bell to bell in this is better. However. <laughs> It is it, it it honestly, man. They were kind of put in a position to fail on this. It, it falls short of the first one, yeah. and 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 it was going to. There's no way that that first one at Mania 18 is just one of those. Uh, I don't even like the phrase so much, but it's just one of those like perfect moments that lightning in a bottle thing, where you know what I mean. Like everything just fucking lined up, and the the crowd makes the first one. 
Yeah. The yeah. first match, if you watch that match on mute, it really ain't anything to fucking write home about. But the crowd is up more than more than anything has been upped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like that's the case where the audience, honestly, in my mind, the audience made that match, and here they're into it. It's just not quite there. It not bad. I I enjoy that. Like, there's that early rock bottom. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is some interesting structure. Like, there's there is some layered psychology. Also, these guys are really working here. Like, like especially if you grade it on the Hogan curve, he's bumping, he's moving. Like he moves by a technicality. I again, <laughs> though, you got to grade it on that what I'm calling the Hogan curve. Like, I guess it's a big ass curve. He bumps on the floor. Yeah, you know, like, I didn't really. I, I having seen the Mania one, yeah, I think I was in the boat where it just it, it failed for me. Like, and and I, and it's hard for me to say because I know exactly what you're talking about when you right. when you're saying that they're put in a position to fail. It just, yeah. In my mind, it shouldn't have happened. I fucking hate the fact that Earl was it Earl Hebner refing this match. No, it was not. Who it was Savon Grenier? You're right. It was match. that motherfucker saw Hogan hit the chair, hit Rock with the chair the first time, and then mm-hmm. the second time was like, "No, I'm gonna take it away now." But you was, motherfucking ass! But that plays into the finish. I guess that it's the crooked referee. But it made referee. me so mad. I mean, it's stupid, and it shouldn't have happened. But also, I'm I'm also of the mindset, by the way, that this match shouldn't have happened. They should have never done this as a rematch. Yeah. Like to me, if they were trying to be like, "Oh." fuck, we're bringing Austin back. This should have been the time to do Austin Hogan. Oh, why not? And just make it a complete fucking one-off. Yeah. You you could have built it without Austin being on TV. There, there's a million countless ways they could have built it. That should have been this match. And then at the end of it, you can have shenanigans with Rock and Vince both being heels. Thusly, you then fork these guys off to go... Hogan versus Vince at Mania 19, Austin versus Rock. Makes perfect sense. And for that matter, it would have been a rare case where you could have done a schmoz finish so that nobody has to go under to the other one, brother. And I don't think people would have really fucking cared. Yeah. See, you just proved why I didn't like this. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To me, this is just more interesting than it is good. Yeah. Uh, the light cue on the finish was perfect, though. Hogan hits the boot, hits the leg drop, one, two, lights go out, come up, refs down, there's a chair in the ring for some fucking reason. It's a big fucking to-do. But then, the thing where I was like, what? God damn this fucking place. When Michael Cole has to say, this is a damn screw job. You gotta. Got to. Got to. In Montreal, why wouldn't you? I don't think I've ever heard the term screw job in real life. <laughs> I have only ever heard it in regards to wrestling and in regards to Montre fucking all. I've received a couple of them. Oh! Whoa, folks! folks. Anyway, It's so, getting late early. It's actually pretty damn early It still. is, actually. We're actually recording this much earlier than we usually do, so uh, by the time that the next episode comes out, I should be well in the bag. Stay tuned for that. All right. Anyways. So anyway, um, uh, are we ready to wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what was your overall take on this? Um, 
although there were some things in this show that I would that were like eh or I didn't care for, um, I still liked a lot of it. So I'm gonna put it up by a 45, which is basically a four out of five. Okay. So like it's it's like five, four, three, two, one. There's up at a forty. There's up, up at uh-huh. a forty-five. Sideways, down at a forty-five. Okay. For, so you're talking degree angle. Yes. Okay. Now I follow you. Up at a four. Oh, you meant like forty-five out of fifty. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what the fuck you're doing. No, when you said a, up at a forty-five, if it was out of a hundred, I'd been like that. That that would be down. <laughs> up at a forty-five degree angle. Okay. Um, for this one, uh, my hog is up, but it's out of more the mystery and the everything wacky surrounding it. It's a it's a kinky hog. Uh wow. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh if I ever come back to Twitter, I almost think that my handle should be at kinky hog. Um <laughs> it's set in stone. It's set in stone now. Uh no, this one I think it is interesting to watch and it's just one of those things where it's so insane. You know, it, just this bizarre timestamp in this bizarre uh point in history of professional wrestling in the WWE. Also, keep in mind, so this is February, mm-hmm. right? A month later is Mania 19. The month after that is Backlash. Yep. In two months, we lose the following stars, Austin and Rock. Within the next few months, because of the Mr. America thing, we lose Hogan. <laughs> so by the end of 03, <laughs> fuck it A, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's a lot of star power that's gone from yeah. that. Um, and they haven't returned. And then if you if you fast forward even further to twenty, no Austin, no Rock, no Hogan, no Brock, because he splits after twenty. <laughs> no Austin, 20th. no Rock, no Hogan, no Brock. Right. And <laughs> it's, I think that added to the success of like guys like Eddie and Benoit, you know yes. for sure. But just a, an interesting thing to look at. Build new stars, please, please build for new the stars. love of God. Yeah, the brand doesn't draw. The people draw. Uh, Wait, you're saying that people are the stars of the show? Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Back to the drawing board, Charles. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Let's see, things to plug. Uh, Zawa, Magnum, RCCW, uh, St. Louis Anarchy, Journey Pro. Ooh. That's right, folks. Uh, this will come out in time. July 30th. Journey Pro. Yeah. Uh, this I'm should take that come date off. back in time July 9th. Circus Maximus, St. Louis Anarchy. Uh, I, I don't know what day it is right now. This one will come out before July. Good. You heard me. I'm speaking facts. Uh, Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, Follow the Twitter. Um, Should be fun. (laughs) Follow our Twitter. (laughs) Should be fun. Uh, At WowEd Podcast. WowEd. Original name. No house is named after it. Correct. I will continue to say that every time. Who the fuck names a house? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. Yep, sounds pretty good. Is this the time where I like painstakingly move the... cursor over to the it square. It is. Someday you'll sit in a position where you can see the screen and actually just do this quickly and succinctly. That day is today. What are we even doing here?